Team of Fans. Tonight we're discussing Season 6, Episode 6, Ghosted, with special guest Corey Trench. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yeah! What an awesome episode! Yes! We're so hungry. Like the wolves. Yeah. Hey guys, so once again, we're discussing Season 6, Episode 6, Ghosted. I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder. You can follow me at Cinematic Escape. Joining me, the lovely Elena Jordan. What up, everybody? I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. And if you were wondering who edited the seamless episode, we have him in studio, Corey Trench. Good to be back. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, last time you were on, you had assisted edit an episode, yes. and this time you have moved up the ladder. I have. You are editor now. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Oh well, it, it, it's been a great journey, and uh, I just have a lot of people to thank for that. And chief among them is Ed Abrams, who was the person I uh, assisted, and he was huge in getting me bumped up, and also Jeff Davis and Blaine Williams. Uh, so like those guys vouch for me <laughs> thank you so yeah it was big it was a big moment so yeah and it was and this was a great experience cutting this episode because I felt it was so unique it was such a good episode oh, you did you. such a good job man I really liked oh, it you. if you guys at home have a question for Corey you can go ahead give us a call at 424-253-0504 and if you're just getting your pen again that's 424 424- Two five three zero five zero four. We'd love to hear your questions for Corey mm-hmm. and your just general discussion points for the show. Because what an awesome episode! I love the eighties. Ah, as soon as I heard that song, so I was like, "We're yeah. going back!" Oh yeah, it was so. I, anytime they have wolf references in the songs, I get so excited. <laughs> I, I the funniest <laughs> the funniest thing about that was okay. So when when I was cutting that scene. Um, I had score in there originally, uh, temp- tempted in, and, and uh, Dino was going to do you know, a piece for it. And uh, Russell, uh, who directed the episode, um, when he was doing his director's cut, he had said, you know, we need an 80s song in here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, I don't know, find something that sounds 80s, like stock music or whatever. And uh, he's like, no, 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 we need a real artist to be in the show. And, and I was like, oh, like, Duran Duran and because he had directed their videos and stuff and he goes oh yeah that sounds great we'll pick a song and uh, I'm like what? so I I mean we ended up going with Hungry Like the Wolf and it it was all thanks to Russell and our music supervisor Laura Webb that we got the song into the episode so I was just proud to be on an episode where we got Duran Duran and finally it's so appropriate in my mind that would take a lot of the budget but I guess since Russell used to direct their videos maybe he had a contact who helped you guys out yeah I I just think it was personal relationships and also Laura's uh, helping out on that end Um, but yeah and and it's perfect because uh, 1987 is when the episode flashback takes place and I think Duran Duran released Hungry Like the Wolf in 1984 so it was appropriate perfect yeah. Period, you know. That's so cool. Well, but now it's hungry like Teen Wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey! Oh, yes! That. We got the sound effects on tonight. I love it. Get ready to get punished. <laughs> all puns all night long. 
So I really love the beginning of this episode. Lydia walking in that mirror. I don't know if you guys were a big fan of Alice in Wonderland, the Disney show, whenever she would walk in the mirror at the beginning of every episode. So it's what it reminded me of. Lydia through the looking glass. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad that it it, it was sort of like that for me cutting it. I'm like, yeah, this feels like, yeah, she's stepping into a whole other world. Mm. And like, we want to establish that. And I thought uh, Muse visual effects did such a great job with her putting her hand through the uh, mirror. And so that was that was pretty awesome, I thought. I love yeah, in the yeah. show, too, when they'll have cool transitions into things that you're yeah. like, is this just back in time? Is this another dimension? Yeah. I don't know yet. And you just have to wait until it all fills in the gaps for you. So that was a really cool way to kick it off. Cool, yeah. And then I kind of like that it was the whole ripple that mirrored later, like, with the water and the drowning and everything. Like, it yeah. starts with, like, the water ripple and the mirror and then it ends... It's like, look at them bookends. <laughs> there were a lot of great transitions in the oh, editing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so they find Kanan on the map and they go there and go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline course discover that it's this ghost town that's been robbed of its population from the ghost riders ghost riders who took everyone except for a banshee and her son but not really oh you know what was cool though getting to see the the carousel with the like blood on it that we've been Mm -hmm. seeing in the intro that looks so neat it's nice to see that finally play out in a scene yeah it's making me like the intro more and more because we keep getting all the references thrown yes. in. So it seems like nothing on the intro is random. Like, I thought no. the beginning of the season, like, look at all this cool, random, spooky B-roll. And it's like, it all ties in. Everything on Team Wolf has a purpose. That's <laughs> that's what's great about it. I, I think everything is written for a reason and imagery. It all ties in together. So it's, there's going to be more stuff. So just stay tuned. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> um... So then we see Malia kind of seeing her mom and her stepmom, stepsister dead and Theo shooting her. And we see Scott, you know, hallucinating and seeing, uh, you know, the back of his mother's head bitten, which hopefully isn't foreshadowing because we've seen Mr. Douglas go wild on some people's necks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love the way you phrase that, too. But but yeah. then we we find out that that Caleb is really a hallucination of um, Lenore's. Yeah, this whole town is causing everybody to have these crazy hallucinations. What if you guys got stuck in a town, but the person who you missed the most that you had lost was there? Would you stay? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. That is tough. I feel like I probably wouldn't, but I also... Oh, there you go. (laughs) Uh, I also haven't been in a situation where everybody in my town was taken by ghost writers. So it's like, if the person you missed the most was there, but everyone else was gone... Right. You might as well be on a desert island. Yeah. That's why I'm like... "Mm." And it's like, who would you bring to the desert island? And I'm like, no one. I don't want to be on the island. Yeah, what if the island's a ghost town? Do you stay or do you go? (laughs) It is like a Twilight Zone episode, though, because um, the way they, yeah, it it sets up that, like, 
like this is a trap. Like this, this it's a trap. Yeah, like what's keeping Lenore there is her son, essentially, and like uh, what's what's perfect about her character arc, though, in the episode at least, is you know there's always that tendency for that character to die tragically, like Lenore could have died tragically, or she goes with uh, Lydia. But I like that she stays because it does show that some this this hardship of not being able to move on. I think a lot of people go through that, like wanting to stay with with their loved ones and stuff like that. So, and yeah. the irony of her, you know, when the um, ghost writers are there and she's screaming, "It's not real! It's not real!" Exactly. When that situation was, but she's choosing to accept a reality yeah. that she knows is fake. Yes, that she's like, "I would rather have the thing that isn't real, I, just because it makes me." I feel want bad. Lenore to come back, though. I feel like uh, I don't know anything that happens after this, but. Um, episode wise but I would love for her to make uh, another appearance back mm-hmm. she's a cool character she was helpful yeah she was it just kept making me think of Edgar Allan Poe though like anytime she's like no one's leaving I was like Lenore's like nevermore <laughs> <laughs> no I definitely like cool, the banshee nevermore <laughs> it was nice that Lydia came back and sort of gave her that peace of mind though about why she was the one who was left right yes. so I think yes. that also made it easier for her to stay knowing that she was a banshee and also, the, the, we're talking about mirrors and imagery and stuff like that, but the mirror of seeing, uh, you know, young Lenore at the beginning mm-hmm. and Lydia. So Lydia sees herself as Lenore in mm-hmm. a way, and, and she could be left behind at the end of all this. So she has a lot to think about. Like, this could be my future as Lenore in, in uh, Beacon Hills. Which so. is even more terrifying, <laughs> if, really. Yeah, to be alone in that town. Oh, I don't know about that. Speaking no. of terrifying, Caleb, we find out that he was drowned, and it was it was so, like, magically done. His room is sort of underwater, and then we find, and we do see that he's kind of covered in water uh, the whole time, and then he, you know, makes Scott and Malia also start drowning. I mean, that was just, that whole scene in the room. So good. Yeah, I it really enjoyed that. It was very ring-esque, that. too, yes. with, like, the static. And that little kids and old technology are always terrifying. Oh, so yeah. when you have a little kid with a VHS, I'm like, oh, bad things are going to happen. What was funny about... <laughs> Nothing good will come of this. What was funny about that scene when they were filming it, and and, they, and the production crew did it very perfectly. Like, they, you know, had water coming in and, like, all these electrical cords, but it was <laughs> made, made sure the actors were safe, obviously. But the funny part about it was that TV that they use. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my parents having that TV. When I had a kid, when I was a kid, they, they we had that same TV. So, like, I look at that, and I'm like, that's a nostalgia trip for me. And when they do the VHS <laughs> tapes, and I'm like, eh, I guess I'm getting old. You know, I, I remember what that was like, like watching home movies on VHS yeah. and stuff like that. But it was kind of yeah. cool. No, it was really cool. It was like you cut a mini horror film within the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is funny too, talking about, you know, how the director would do music videos is that almost felt like a little mini contained creepy music video without any music. Yeah. If that makes sense. Russell Russell shot this very well. Like I thought everything looked really creepy. Especially in the um that uh dining room scene where looking at all yeah. the characters with that wide angle, angle up. Yeah, it was Yeah, so those were great angles. But I'm sure it's also hard to have funny moments within those dark scenes, but you yes. somehow edited that together. It was so cool. Like Malia <laughs> drinking the moldy lemonade. That was hilarious. I, I always have fun with moments like I mean they're written that way too, but mm-hmm. like it's also fun to like kind of um, find the right moment 
for that for the to accentuate the, the the funny moments. But yeah, I was I was hoping, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed it and laughed <laughs> a lot a lot more. Um, uh, and I was laughing too. Uh, and yeah, because I think even in those dark moments that we go to, I like adding a little bit of comedy in there to uh, to accentuate all that. So that was cool that you guys picked up on that. I love so it. So Lenore I'm... doesn't want any of the pack to leave. She said, enough people have left. No one's ever leaving again. And I get very worried. But then, you know, Lydia starts to find common ground with Lenore. And she actually, like, talks her down to, like, mm-hmm. real banshee. Common ground that is not... You know, covered in lightning, which is nice <laughs> and different. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> From the ground everywhere else. But she she gets her to a point where she's like, hey, like, you know what you've been through. Please don't let me be the last one in town. And she kind of talks her into, you know, helping them. But if, I find it kind of felt like, could Lenore have given her, like, something else? That's why I, I, I agree with you, Cor. I want her to come back because I feel like there's something else she knows. I don't know. I don't know if it's that she knows anything else. I think she's just this broken character that has lost everything mm-hmm. except for her love for her son. Mm-hmm. And you know, we keep seeing like the love being such a huge driving theme for all these characters. And just because she just has that devotion so much, I would love to see more of that and just see her be challenged and have to be well, pulled away from Caleb and see how she reacts. What's well, an interesting point. Um, so at this point, no one's really, except for, um, oh gosh, what was her name? Uh, teaching Lydia her banshee powers. Meredith? Meredith, yeah. I, aside from Meredith, uh, Lydia hasn't really had an older figure teach her mm-hmm. more of her banshee powers. So I, I wonder, maybe at some point, if, if Lenora comes back, if she taught Lydia something else, like one last thing. Yeah. But I almost feel like it would be cool to see the opposite, where, mm-hmm. you know, Lenore doesn't really know that she's a banshee or what that means. Uh, well, that right. was sort but Lydia, of what it was. Yeah, so we right. had a little bit of that, but if Lydia came back and was uh, like, you know, harness your power, because what if she could help save the people who be, have been turned into well, ghost riders? I feel, yeah. I that mean, why... Cool. I Bring the town back. No. So I banshee ask, school. ask you guys, why did Styles send them here? As like a foreshadowing? Or so, I felt like there was going to be a message like here. Well, I think them. it was. We knew that basically everything was going to be a ghost town, but they didn't. Okay. So they had to go to Canaan so they could see, oh, this is how it ends. Everyone gets taken. We're Got all you. screwed. This is the end unless we stop it. Yeah. Yeah. This is what will happen to Beacon Hills. Got it. It was a little forewarning. Something interesting they said, though, were people taken became ghost riders, and then they disappeared. I was kind of confused by that part, because we've been wondering, who are the ghost riders? Who are the ghost riders? So... It would make sense, I mean, if... Because we keep seeing more and more ghost riders, and Lydia said it was like their souls had been hollowed out, the people who were taken... So it would make sense if they just, you know, they lose their sense of identity and then they lose their voice, literally. They get, you know, their mouths right. fused and just become this amalgamous blob of nothing. Mm. It would make sense, you know? Like, if they take somebody's identity to the point that there's nothing left of them but the shell of a person. I'd like to think that the Ghost Riders know what they're doing now. I I feel like they're menacing. I want them to have a conscience of knowing what they're doing. As a a lover of villains, I want the villains to be smart and have a purpose and know what they're doing. But I can (laughs) see, like, that being part of it, is that when there's nothing left of you, then you're, like, given this purpose. 
So they just mm-hmm. blindly follow this purpose to... It's almost like zombies. Like Ghost Rider zombies, where they're like, take other ones, turn them into us. Yeah, I'm looking Cowboy at the zombies. chat. Cowboy zombies. <laughs> Jaden Casso says, I have a question for you after, Buzz. Go ahead, Jaden. And um, I guess we will hear from him in a minute. Oh, <laughs> some of them are saying, call in, call in. Yeah, you guys should definitely call in. Yeah, call um, in. Check out our chat. We'll be looking up there, seeing what you guys have to say. Definitely. So you can join the chat or you can join us on the phone. I want to join Stalinsky in his hunt for styles. So Boom. whenever... Look at that transition. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever Scott comes into Stalinsky's office, he's like, I heard your son on the radio. I heard him. Stalinsky gets actually very angry and is like, you know what? Like, go away. Like, you're not helping. Like, I didn't have a son. Whatever. But it seems like it's stuck in his head a little bit because he definitely peels back that wallpaper, which we've been wanting somebody to do. Uh, finally. And it looks like next week they're going to find his room behind there, which we've I'm super excited about. Yeah. I've just been excited, too, to see his interactions with Claudia, too. Yeah, And this time him mom. actually saying to her, you know, somebody should write a paper about how you beat this degenerative disease that... Clearly, well, just, your frontal cortex is being... You can't survive that, so... I just thought of something. So you know how we were just in Canaan and everybody was hallucinating and seeing people who weren't there? What if Stalinsky is hallucinating and seeing Claudia? Ooh. But isn't other... Other people are seeing her, too, though. But other people <laughs> saw the same... <laughs> other people saw... Both Malia and Scott... Saw the same hallucination with the drowning. Right. Lydia saw Scott's mom. Yeah. So it's possible. So it's possible that everybody can see this hallucination. Everyone can see the hallucination of Claudia. That would make sense because yes. then it would. The, she wouldn't necessarily be evil. It's just the ghost writers using her as a tool mm-hmm. to make everybody stop looking for styles. And the thing about the people in Canaan. Um, was the boy had drowned, right? So it was very obvious he had drowned. Um, and then Scott's mom had the thing in the back of her neck, very obvious. But Claudia's death was by dementia. You can't really see that on somebody, right? It's true. So I think we're all hallucinating Ooh. here. Yep. Prediction! <laughs> I like it. It all just came. It just, it just happened. Um, but I'm super <laughs> excited. <laughs> Thank y'all. Uh, let's talk about Mr. Douglas just accidentally being in the storage closet. Just, just like, accident. like you do. Like, like you, you do. do. <laughs> After overhearing Liam and Hayden, which, I mean, it's now at this point we just know, like, he is Nazi mm-hmm. werewolf, so he's got the super hearing. But I, I think he's just luring in so that they can fi- he can figure out their master plan and thwart it. I don't think he's helping at all. I can't say anything. I think he's... Anytime we see these yeah. attractive newcomers, we always know something is going to go awry. She liked him in the beginning, and I was like, Everyone don't, I like cute. at the beginning. I don't trust him. That's what, you can the still same like thing him. with Theo. Like, I'm like, look how cute he is. He's going to kill everyone. I know it. <laughs> CC Freak is saying, I hope we find Styles on part A and not B. I hope so, too. And people are saying, Claudia is shady. Do you guys think she's a hallucination? People said, I think Claudia will definitely be evil and maybe either killed and forgotten by the end of part A. Are they going to talk about how Liam brought back Theo? 
Fine. Yes. We'll talk about that. For those of you who don't know what's happening, Kristen was just reading the chat, so we weren't just saying nonsense words. Good point. I got distracted. I should talk about that sometime. The necessary evil that is Theo. That's yes. what Tom on Twitter said. Could Theo be the necessary evil the pack needs? And well, we know he's out. evil AF, so... Yeah. It looks like he remembers Styles. That's important, yeah. Yep, and um, there was something else he told us in the end. He said that the Ghost Riders wouldn't be lingering there unless they were stuck. Was that him that said yes. that? Yes. That's right. Yeah. Because the so... Ghost Riders, the wild hunt just comes and goes. So we know now that something's awry. We also know that Mr. Douglas wants Theo gone. Because Theo knows what's up with him. Theo. Yeah. We saw the flashes of the tank. Yeah, it was... Do you think Theo, just in the moment, lots of adrenaline, he didn't recognize him? Plus, like, I don't know how he would, because remember when he shed all that stuff yeah. when he exactly. came out? Yeah, I, 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 My interpretation of that is I think Douglas knows, but Theo might, yeah, have... He might not know right then and there. Who yeah. Knows? He does not know what he knows. Yeah. But he will. He brings knowledge to the table, though. <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of raw power, he brings the knowledge. Knowledge yeah. is power. Oh, exactly. There you go. So they get the <laughs> they get the sword. Hayden and Liam get the sword from Kira's mom, Nushka. Nushko. Nushko. And you know, I don't know that this was the best idea, but they decide to bring Leo Theo back from the depths of hell. I will say, <laughs> I love how they're able to jump between different seasons, and it still makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a big Teen Wolf fan like us, who you know, we get the references and we get really excited about it, but if you hadn't seen anything and this is the first season you'd seen, it still makes sense. Like you're not going what? Like you're not yeah. lost at all, which is really cool. And they even explain, you know, Kira's with the skinwalkers. She trusted this sword with me. Yeah. Now I'm giving it to you, even though I think you're idiots. I was like, what is happening, Kira's mom? Like, Yeah, Iza on the chat is getting teary-eyed about Kira not coming back. People are missing Kira. Yeah. Kira's she's busy, got a, Yeah, she's busy skinwalking. <laughs> Those boots were made for skinwalking. Um, so... Are you guys happy Theo is back? Because for a long time we were like, die, die. Are you guys happy? I mean, <laughs> I like seeing Theo, but I feel like their propensity to be like, hey, you know who was really horrible? Peter. Here he is. You know who was really horrible? Theo. Here he is. I'm like, how is this helping? <laughs> well, now you can be like, oh, well, at least Peter's better than Theo, or vice versa, however you interpret each character. Like, who did the worst thing? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like that Theo is back in the sense that he presents an interesting uh, little team playing in the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, he wants to get, he wants to stay not in the ground. So, <laughs> and, and also um, he wants to be helpful. I, I don't know, like maybe he wants to redeem himself for his past sins. I who, hope who, so. Who knows? I, I don't really know what. Well, I like how the been. first thing that he asks is, "Where's my sister?" And they have to be like, "You killed her." Yeah. Remember? That's the. That was what was interesting. Yeah. Is like, then he like, stops and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was super evil." Like he has just that moment where then he's like, "Well, now I'm going to kill you." And they're like, "If you try, we're going to put you in the ground with this Kira yeah. sword." That was really interesting. I I hope that he comes full circle. I feel like he will. I feel like they're adding him to the pack, and it seems like Scott isn't happy about it, and it seems like Malia really isn't happy about it, so... Yeah. 
I'm yeah. excited to see her fight him, though. I, I was excited to see her fight the eight-year-old, and now I'm more excited <laughs> to see her fight. Malia does you. not like eight-year-olds. Malia is awesome. You won't kick an eight-year-old's ass, but I will. You, you, you got to tweet at Shelly. She's awesome. Just, you got to ask her, what's the deal with the eight-year-olds? Why are you against eight-year-olds? I mean, yeah, I we're gonna, we're going to ask her. They're um, creepy. They're creepy, and they have old technology, and I don't want to use a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> few, few comments from the chat is saying he just wanted to say that he loved that we take the time to do this after show and bring on awesome guests like Corey. Oh, thank you, thank you. And yeah, yeah. and I people lo- are saying that Theo, sorry, brought back was asking about his sister because he's scared of her, and maybe she was the one haunting him under in right. the hell world. Right? Maybe. maybe. Right. That maybe. was their interpretation. Oh, I yeah. like Nicholas Kelly said uh, Claudia is not just shady but an actual manifestation of tormented souls trapped in the underworld that's typically seen before a great calamity happens. Okay. Okay. In other words, <laughs> Nicholas Kelly thinks is about to go down. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm ready. With you. I'm yeah. with you, man. I think it's I think it's We got seven, eight, the nine. The storms are brewing. Four four episodes. Pun intended. Left. Four episodes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Argent quick before we get into an interview with Corey. Um so Argent, you know, he is not doing so well. If they operate, they're gonna spread it more. You they whipped it this- good. <laughs> they went full deal. He lives. They did. He lives. They yeah. did. So Melissa mixes, does her best cooking job for these nine herbs and makes some guesses about milk and honey and all that jam. And then she lathers him up. There wasn't any jam. There was so jam. <laughs> she lathers him up. Right. There was also marshmallow fluff for those who weren't paying attention. Yeah, everybody knows that if you get whipped by a demon, you just need to make a fluffernutter, and then you're fine. (laughs) And then you're fine. It looks like he's going to be fine, though. She did a good job. Talking about seamless editing, though, that creates comedy is when he's like, I only know the words in Celtic, and then just the perfect timing of when he's saying the word, the mugwort or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're going to need to spell that for me. <laughs> and he's like on the brink of death. Well, the actors were so good. Their chemistry is very strong in that scene, too. So, yeah, so that was good. cool. Yeah, yeah, they were good together. <laughs> it doesn't look like Theo is going to be able to hold the five mil- billion jolts since he couldn't do the one. So, it, and it, like we found out he lost the powers and he's just back to classic um, Theo. So, yep. we'll see what happens with him. I like that he even says classic Theo. Like, it's like yeah. like the iPod or whatever. Like, you know, it's like, you don't know worry. what you did, Theo. You it's know werewolf what you did. classic. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he was besties with the Dread Doctor, so but he's, he's got trying, a lot to tell. He's trying to make the teamwork. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. He's going to be a team wolf, not just a teen wolf. Yeah. I see him. I see yes. him joining the team. Elena, what's going to happen next episode? Other than Peter melting or coming well, back from being a melted candle, I don't know. Should we talk about our predictions? Yeah, so I think we should roll into that. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. You're after Buzz TV. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just you so you guys know, show for the we have not seen anything ahead of time. These are not spoilers. These are just our educated guesses. Yes. Like you guys. Um, so, Hypothesis. you know, yeah, I think I've already said it. Claudia is a hallucination. I think that, um, 
you know, Peter's coming back, and Theo, yeah, I think, I agree with Corey, I think he's going to be turning over a, a new rock, we're going to see a new Theo we've never seen before, after Malia takes out some aggression on him, which may be sexual, I see those two together. Really? Yeah. I see at least a scene. You know, you're so here. mad, you're so mad, and then you just make out. That's what I don't know. That's what I think. I've never been like, you know who's attractive? The person <laughs> I think about shooting me did. Like, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> you never know. You never there, know. Different characters get shipped on the show that I'm like not on board with and then super on board with. She's so. going to be strangling him and then being like, okay, this feels good. I <laughs> <laughs> can see her being into that. Just a weird chokehold situation. Yeah, yeah. that's what like that's uh, like, my projection. This is attractive, and he's like, "I'm dying." That's what I'm going with. How about you? Okay. I think she's just gonna lay the smackdown. I think Theo is getting his ass kicked next week, and I think Stalinsky is finally gonna yes! start seeing the light. The room. He's a believer now. He's a big believer. Seeing the light, not just the lightning. And the chat is throwing Theo back in the ground. They say he's going back. Corey, since you don't know anything beyond this episode, do you have a wild and crazy uh, situation you want to throw uh, out there that uh, may or may not happen? Uh, you know, uh, with Team, Team Wolf, it's hard to predict anything because they're just going to throw you curveballs. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking Mortal Kombat style tournament, <laughs> tournament fight with everybody. Yes, that would be awesome. Can you imagine a team of Mortal Kombat game where it's like finish him? All the monsters you can play a monster. Werewolf Annihilation. Yeah, I'm into it. I want to be a Kenima. Little Street Fighter action. Yeah, Yeah. I'm gonna be Kenima. Who are you gonna be? I'll fight you. Ooh, I think I want to be a Banshee so I can just stand in the corner and scream from safety. Corey, who are you gonna be? Um, I'm gonna be Dread Doctor. Ooh. Yeah. Well, this Kenema is gonna take on Dread Doctor and the Banshee. You guys need to watch next week and see what happens. But before that, we're gonna lay down an interview with Corey Trench. Exclusive. After Buzz. After Buzz TV exclusive. They just repeat what I said. <laughs> so we just good. like, we like echoes on this show. We do. I love it. T pain with the assist. Corey. (laughs) (laughs) I know. T pain bringing the teen pain. So, talk about. I want to know, you know. This whole journey has probably just been, you know, such a dream for you. Did you always want to be an editor when you were younger? And how, like, how did you know? Well, I mean, when I was when I was a kid, I would always draw comic books, Mm -hmm. and so I knew like the storytelling aspect of my life started from there. It was it started from making these little comic books, Uh, but. In terms of editing, I didn't really get into that until high school. We had a broadcast journalism uh, course at my high school, and I was learning Final Cut Pro, and I, we were cutting skits, like SNL-type skits for the morning <laughs> announcements and stuff like that. And I would just have all my friends act in these things, and like my favorite part was taking it and cutting it up and making it into something. So that was like my favorite part of the process. And then, um, you know, coming out here to Los Angeles, I mean, that was the goal, was I want to edit um, on films and television, so I, I would cut shorts on the side when I wasn't working, and and then uh, when I found my way into the Team Wolf land of things, you know, I, I again under Ed, uh, I, I learned a lot 
and uh, you know he taught me a lot of like techniques and things like that. He was he was always very good at showing me like why he was doing what he was doing. So by the time I got bumped up to editor, like I already knew like half the things he needed to do, and the rest of my learning process came from just cutting this episode, like learning little things here and there uh, about the process. So that was that was good. Nice. What did you learn from cutting this episode that you didn't know um, before? What I learned. I would say overall is music changes everything. So um, when uh, you go in to uh, cutting an episode of Teen Wolf, um, we have a huge library of, of score that Dino, uh, by the way, Dino did a terrific job on this mm-hmm. whole episode. Yeah. He, he made it wonderful. But, um, and also we have a lot of scores that we use from other movies and TV shows to just for temp you know we just want to establish like okay what's the mood of the scene and uh so in that process of picking stuff out like things change obviously the pacing changes the mood changes so when somebody's not um liking a a scene the way the way it's it's cut sometimes you just need to change the music and that'll Mm. affect how we perceive the scene and stuff like that so that 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 and also problem solving um just in general with like oh we want to like make the scene scarier so like how do you make it scarier well you use different shots you the pacing is a little different maybe you make it a little darker in color correction things like that so um i learned a lot about that making things scarier which is always important on team wolf how many hours sorry did it go into this episode Uh, i know it takes hundreds of hours yeah i don't don't think the people at home know how many hours it takes for each episode it takes a long time but you know what's great about the whole process is you have a lot of people that are that are giving their input like jeff for example giving his input russell um everyone has kind of like an idea of like uh, the direction of where certain things should go. So you can have an idea, and then they have an idea, and then it just builds and builds and builds, and it's all kind of collaboration to make to make the episode what it is. So, so hundreds and hundreds of hours. Oh, oh yeah, like per episode. Re, yes, like looking at all the footage, finding the best takes. Like it, it takes a lot of work, but um, how long you do know. you normally have on average in between? You know, shooting and when they have the final product out. Like how. We have we we usually have a few weeks to put in uh, an editor's cut, and that's with um, music. You know, putting in sound effects too. Like we put in our own sound effects. And in fact, I want to give a shout out to my assistant editor, Steve Priston, who helped me with the sound effects for Very this cool. episode. So it really helps when you have an assistant that will speed the process along um, when you putting putting in sound effects and stuff like that. So. Um, but yeah, it's all in a couple of weeks, and then we're off the races with director's cut and producer's cut and locking. So that's a lot of work and a small amount of time. It's, it's like... so fun, though. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some days. I mean, some days it's like you're you're banging your head against the wall because you're trying to fix something, and you just you got to move on to the next scene. And that's another thing Ed taught me. Like sometimes if something's not clicking in a scene, you're not understanding. Like, oh, what do I need to do to make the scene better? Um, you just move on. And then you can come back to it later, and that's and that's that's a good thing. It gets, gives you new perspective mm-hmm. on things, you know. And uh, staying, you know, and it was fun watching the episode tonight <laughs> too, because I, I I was I was like, wow, this is like amazing to watch it in this format. And uh, my worry uh, was always like, um, if I watch it over and over, am I ever going to get tired of it? Having seen it so many times, and no, this was like a joy to watch it in its format. So that was cool. That's awesome. That was really cool. But yeah, it was with thanks to a lot of people that made it happen. So 
Now, we heard about pranks that happen on the set of Teen Wolf, uh-huh. but what about, you know, behind the scenes in the editor's uh, room at the office? Are yeah. there pranks that happen? Uh, I mean, normally it's like, <laughs> this is kind of not, uh, it's very innocent, Like it's, but like <laughs> I remember one really good prank that got, someone pranked me. Uh, so it was my birthday that day, and um, it was it was a particularly stressful day, and like we just had a lot of things going on. And um, I remember, you know, I was just like in the middle of doing something, and then you know Ed was like, "Corey, I need something," and I'm like, "Oh, what possibly could happen now?" And then I walk into my room and they're like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> so they tricked me. And I was like, "Oh, you guys got me!" I was like. <laughs> Totally forgot it was my birthday. We always do that at the office. We always like celebrate people's birthdays, which is really nice, like a little family. Aww, yeah, yeah. So that's that, sweet. yeah. That was, so that was a sweet prank, but yeah, no, I, nothing crazy happens. At, at that's less of a prank and more of a thank. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't <laughs> be mad. It's like oh, cake, great. <laughs> if anybody ever pranked me with cake, I think I would, I would like be mind. like, let's keep this prank war going. I'm, I'm all about this cake. I wouldn't mind a cake prank <laughs> myself. Uh, after Buzz, if you have got any cake. If you ever want to prank us with delicious food, I'm totally fine with that. Um, Corey, so if you weren't editing, Mm. what would you do? What would I do if I wasn't editing? Um, I would probably be uh, teaching. Really? What would you teach? Uh, I I would teach editing. I feel like I would. I would be. I would be teaching the the, filmmaking (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. I I, I feel like I would. I would be doing that because I know you're also a filmmaker, right? So you don't just edit on the side. You have some side projects. True. Yes. Yes. I. Yeah. Um. It. You know. I. It's been a while since I've worked on something of my own. But yeah. No. I. I like directing. I like writing. All that kind of stuff. Are so. you working on something else right uh, now? I am. Uh, something I can't talk about, but Ooh. it's a project I'm very excited about. And, you know, if it does well, then maybe you'll hear about it on Twitter. Yeah, what's your Twitter hey. that we can uh, follow you on? So uh, my Twitter handle is Corey Trench. So if you type in C-O-R-E-Y-T-R-E-N-C-H, you'll find me. And nice. uh, I'm not on there very often, but, again, when you, when you hear about something big coming through we can follow uh, you'll, you you'll, and get the yeah. updates you'll get the updates and there. he'll be tagged too in our post about this episode yes. so you can yes. follow you can him follow that way on way. twitter too yes yes Corey, for the people at home who want to work in the industry mm-hmm. kids you know not sure how to break in what to do what do you yep. suggest um you need to start watching a lot of movies and watching a lot of television and looking at it very critically why do you like it why do you not like it also, if you're very serious about moving out to Los Angeles or New York, get good at networking, get good at, good at talking to people, telling people what you're interested in, figure out what that thing is early because it makes it a lot easier to tell people, I'm interested in editing as opposed to I'm interested in everything. Like, okay, everyone's interested in all aspects of filmmaking. I love all aspects I of filmmaking. I want to work on a movie. I want to work on a movie. But no, if, if you're serious about it, um, like acting, directing, all of it, writing – just focus on telling people that's the one thing you want to work on. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to give you that job, but it gives them an idea of like, okay, you're interested in writing. I might know about some writing assistant gigs or a writer's PA or whatever. Uh, it just gives them an idea of where to push you in what direction. So, Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Be specific. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much thank for you joining guys. us, Corey. This has been question. so much fun having you in. Oh, we've got a question from the engineer. What is a movie?
you think every editor or filmmaker oh, should yeah. watch? Ooh, well, that's a great question. Uh, well, I really think that um, a movie that I've always thought was very well paced, and I think it's entertaining in general. Um, Goodfellas, you gotta watch Goodfellas, and the, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, Thelma Schumacher, Schumacher. I always mispronounce the last name, but uh, she did a terrific job on that movie, and that movie moves very well, and it's very well paced. That's an overall piece. So I think when you think editing, um, sometimes it you know, people don't. The thing is, you're not supposed to notice it. You're supposed mm. to. It's supposed to be seamless. I mean, other times you are supposed to notice when it's stylized, but I think that movie in general it has both. It's stylized. And it's seamless. So I would suggest that movie. Awesome. Nice. Shout out to James, our awesome engineer. Yes, Plug it away on those sound bites. Thanks so much, James. <laughs> Elena, where ah. can the fans follow you and keep up to date? You guys can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. And you can also find me, of course, here on Teen Wolf. The end of the month, face-off is coming back, so be sure to watch the after show for that, too. Sweet. And Corey, we can follow you at Corey Trench. That's right, on Twitter. Thanks so much for coming in. Again, really thank appreciate you guys. It. And hey where you can guys. we find you, Kristen? I am at Cinematic Escape. Cinematic Escape. Cinematic Escape? Do I have to do it because Ryan's out here? Um, I'm going to be posting a nice little crowdfunder uh, tweet later for my friend who's working on a great project. Um, they are trying to get healthcare for the rural areas of Nicaragua. So go ahead and That's check awesome. that out. I'm going to tweet that later. Of course, I'm going to tweet this episode and all of our thoughts. And thank you guys so much for watching every week. This has been so much fun. Looking forward to next week. And until then, have a great night. Ow! Ow! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz! See you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.